When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program. So I've learned to solve problems using an analytical approach and break it down into small tasks. This is Property Investory, where we talk to successful property investors to find out more about their stories, mindset, and strategies. I'm Tyron Shum and in this episode, I'm pleased to be speaking to Jacob Field, founder of Ripe House, a company that uses artificial intelligence to ensure clients are making profitable investment decisions. Jacob Field has been working with computers from the ripe age of four years old when his father encouraged him to dive into the world of computer coding. Little did he know that decades later, his professional career would hinge on this very skill. I guess the core part of what I do is I founded Ripe House. Uh, It's a property research platform. So I'm right in the game of property investment each and every day and have been investing for over 15 years. So yeah, have been around uh, the block a little while and live and breathe property investment. Any given day in the life of Jacob Field revolves around managing and improving the tech behind his company. The research that we do perform within Ripe House, uh, we try and remove the human from that equation. So I'm not actively bringing opinion to the table. I'm monitoring, uh, I guess, the signals that we use, um, normalizing that across the whole country, and then I guess helping and uh, assisting individual investors to use that research and actually make decisions, properly purchases by using that research. So any single day, uh, could see me talking directly with property investors, other professionals in the industry, and then working with my team in terms of the technical side of the product, which is very quite innovative. Uh, And then obviously marketing and and I guess networking in the the property industry, which is an exciting component. Yeah. So, Jacob, just tell me a little bit more about um, what's been the most interesting part about what you do in your day. Researchers taken for granted. You know, I... Ripe House has been around since 2011, so it has matured and formed now into quite a, a well-known business and, and we do things in a standardised way. But the, the thing that really makes sort of me tick is the engagement with other investors and other professionals in the industry. And I'm in quite a unique position, I guess. I'm impartial. Uh, I don't necessarily compete against many experts or other professionals. So potentially the most interesting part of my day is learning the good and the bad. Um, helping investors to navigate in towards the goods, using research to actually make decisions and really strong high-performance decisions, and also 
potentially the most interesting is learning about the bad. There's many, I guess, dodgy components of the industry. And because I'm impartial and sit in the middle and working very closely with many investors, they come to the fore quite regularly. Uh, so I guess I'm not here to be a, a judge uh, or a uh, jury, I guess, but I do like to, to, to keep abreast of that industry and uh, try and guide it towards the, the good side. Enjoying the peaceful atmosphere of Tasmania, Field recalls why he decided to raise his kids there. I'm actually from Tasmania, so it's a very cold place. It is part of Australia, believe it or not, but it's a beautiful uh, area to, to raise the kids. We did live in Sydney with my wife uh, for, for a few years and then moved back here when they were at school age. Um, I guess it's a little bit quieter and we're about a five-minute drive to school. Um, everything's quite nice and close by, so I'm a Tassie born and bred. Right. And you mentioned you went up to Sydney to live. What was the reason for that? Because it is quite a lifestyle change to go from Tasmania to Sydney. This was probably five years into my property investing journey. So I had been investing since the early 2000s, about five years in, uh, met my beautiful wife and we decided to move to the big smoke, I guess. Um, That was for professional reasons at that point. Um, I guess there's a, a mass exodus around or just after uni age. Um, of people sort of in the professional career after uni, et cetera, moving to to where the jobs might be. Uh, We moved there for professional reasons, but then continued our investing. I guess as a Tassie local, Sydney was great. Uh, We had a great lifestyle, I guess, um, in the inner city area. And then when we had kids, we moved out into Lane Cove. We bought a house out there. Uh, we're renovating it, um, continued on that journey, and then I guess things got pretty full on. <laughs> um, Ripe House started uh, building, and, and that's when I formed Ripe House as well. So we made the decision to, to move back down here and, and continue uh, focusing on, on the research and providing the software, etc. That's great. And just taking a step back, um, let's talk a little bit about you growing up. Like you went to school in Tasmania, is that right? You, and you studied all in Tasmania before moving up to Sydney? We didn't really have a, a huge amount of money growing up. And for a long time, my, my dad was uh, studying at uni and I was living with him, uh, the two of us. And yeah, we were on public benefits for, for, for until I was about 16 or 17. And I was actually in charge of the family money for a lot of that, I suppose, and I'd budget and, and save and uh, I guess that made me sort of quite focused on security and, you know, I guess, building a future um, and, you know, an eye towards how money can really assist in moving us through and bring that security and uh, you know, change our lives, I suppose. Um, that probably gave me a little, uh, you know, a strong burning ambition um, to understand how to invest and move through shares into property. And I did invest, start investing very young as well. Um, I probably would have invested on my 18th birthday if my dad hadn't talked me out of it. Um, I instead bought a sports car in from Japan oh, wow. <laughs> um, with all of my savings. And that was a great investment. And I realized once I arrived, I couldn't actually insure it. Oh, no. <laughs> I think the quote was 3500 to insure it. And it was a beautiful car. And wow. uh, so I ended up selling it. And then no looking back, I went straight in and bought a property and then another one soon after. Um, yeah, and that was actually just before the first major Hobart boom. We're having a the back end of another one now, or probably at the top of the property clock, uh, but that was in the, the previous property boom down here, so reasonable timing. 
Coming up after the break, we'll discover how the idea of his company, Ripe House, was born. What if we could map every public housing compound, every train station, all shopping schools, transport uh, on uh, maps? A difficult moment in his property investment journey thus far. Then the lease expired and it was nine months before we could find a tenant. An amazing aha moment where everything just clicked. Maybe the takeaway is not trying to get too creative, just doing something, um, just keeping things simple. And that's next. I'm Tyrone Shum and you're listening to Property Investory. Western Australia is tipped to be the next property hotspot. If you're looking to invest and build in WA, take advantage of the affordable land market and record build times with Plunkett Homes. Visit propertyinvestory.com forward slash build to find out why they are WA's most established home builder. With over 150 years of experience, Plunkett Homes helps you develop turnkey homes across WA. To get your fixed price demolition or site works and to maximize profits and minimize time, visit propertyinvestory.com forward slash build. And now back to the show. Field's initiation into the property investment world was when he made the life-changing decision to buy his first investment property after turning 18 years old. I was in uni at the time. This was probably a major focus. I was easily distracted, I guess, at uni, um, operating different businesses, yeah, in the in the technology space once again in the in the earlier days, and then property was something that as soon as I bought the first one, I, I really was focused on and I sort of had a connection with. Um, you know, I can remember doing the first renovation on that property um, and renting it out. I think I paid one hundred and forty five thousand for it um, back at the time. Actually, got the seven thousand dollars first home buyer's grant and lived in it for a short period, and then renovated it and rented it straight out for two hundred and forty dollars a week. And so that was. Um, uh, you know, that, that property's well and truly um, grown since then as well. Uh, and I still own it to today, but that allowed me to move into the second one quite quickly. Field shares how he grew his property portfolio and reveals which key influences along his investment journey helped pave the way. So moving to Sydney, I still had that burning drive and ambition and I saw property, actually probably what I originally bought Telstra shares, by the way. That was my first official investment um, outside of the car and then sold all of that. But Jan Summers wrote a book called More Wealth from Residential Property and she had a property sum, uh, forum, Summersoft. That really helped me to understand using other people's money. So property was it for me. Bought the two down here. We moved to Sydney. Really wanted to continue going as soon as I moved to Sydney and the job was going well. Uh, we were looking in the western suburbs of Sydney in the Mount Druid area. I uh, had a lot of friends that had purchased there and I knew them through the online forum. So we were looking through there and it, and it really was a foreign planet to me. I didn't really understand value and I didn't understand why people lived in certain areas and why they paid what they did uh, and which areas might grow. One particular property we looked at was priced really reasonably for the, I think it was about $180,000 back in Sydney. So that's going back to the to the 2009-ish area. We looked at the, the property on, online and we drove out to the suburb and checked it out on the weekends. And I could sort of see immediately why it was cheap. It was at the end of a cul-de-sac and the locals were using it as a thoroughfare. They'd knocked down the back fence uh, and there was a large public housing block and there was a train station. And so this cut about 400 metres off their journey. So it obviously had problems with the property and this got me thinking, it's like, what if we could map 
every public housing compound, every train station, all shopping schools, transport uh, on uh, maps. And then we, I actually worked with a researcher from Stanford University. It was not the person that worked under the person who did the first criminal hotspotting in the 80s. Um, and he developed a number of algorithms. And I actually rewrote all of those algorithms for him to another programming language. And for doing that, he actually gave me the algorithm. So the algorithms are around hot spotting. It's it's around looking at price pockets and how they change within a suburb. And now we've also applied those to find growth. So we actually have individual sweet spots within each suburb that have lower public housing, really strong tenant demand, lots of in-demand in demand property types. And so using the RipeHouse software, you're able to find those sweet spots in a suburb um, and it's rooted right back into me actually trying to work out how to invest in Sydney and that was the beginning of that framework. You've invested in quite a number of properties and you've done it in, in two major markets which is really, really good. I'm sure you've had some experiences. Let's go back into a time where you had one of your perhaps worst investing moments. Do you have a story you could share with us about that? Now, potentially, I'm more refined <laughs> but I, I guess I probably oscillated in the earlier days um, one direction to the other. <laughs> um, one of my oscillations was towards the really high yielding properties. So I was trying to pick, you know, key regionals, uh, and I bought uh, in Dubbo as an example. Uh, lower price point, the yield was 12% straight off the bat, um, and it was in a lower socio pocket um, with reasonably high public housing in Dubbo. I actually used Ripe House to pick it before we were really strong on the recommendation side, but we were very strong on, but, but, but the street level and property level was, was great in the earlier days. So I used it to, to, to find the streets, but I, I personally dialed it right up to find potentially the lower price point with a very high yield to suit my strategy and put it there next to a, a shopping centre that was going in, an $8 million shopping centre that was being built in that western side of Dubbo. That ended up being my worst investment. And it was because I really did probably go to that the, the the bottom of that of that band you know i was out i was outside of the median you know the, the, the i guess the, the common types of property i was on the lower socio side and we had tenant problems with that pro- property over and over again um to the point where the house next door burnt down uh you know by the locals uh then the lease expired and it was nine months before we could find a tenant um yeah, it was a, a huge, and so I guess every time we had a phone call with with that extension, um, you know, the, the Dubbo area codes, um, I thought it was going to be someone telling me that the house had burned down um, for, the, for, that, for that period of time. Um, you know, it was a, a real a real worry, and and I was I was onto the insurance policy. I, I can I could tell you, um, but yeah, that sort of uh, we actually sold that property down again. Um, now focused more towards the, that. Uh, doesn't we, we want to meet the market? We're not forcing our strategy onto a market that is emerging, and that's one of the major rules within Ripe House. But we are seeking out properties that are in a newer condition, uh, focusing on a type of tenant that has jobs, um, you know, putting a, a nice product into a market, uh, which then lowers our stress as a as a property manager or, or managing a property manager. Field shares with us one of his best purchases in his property investment journey. It wasn't going against the grain. So I'm not trying to, to recreate the wheel. I'm not trying to work against a cycle. I'm just doing the research, backing my decision and purchasing, um, not uh, meeting the market. I guess maybe the, the first property in, in Newcastle is a really good example. 
we went in as sort of younger, a younger couple and uh, renovated that extensively, um, used tradies, but also did stuff ourselves and rented it out. We didn't overcapitalize, really hit the market um, and were able to revalue that very quickly for a very good profit, reinvest again. The takeaway is not trying to get too creative, just doing something, um, just keeping things simple, just finding a, a, a commoditized satellite area that is growing in the right time in the property cycle, investing in the suburbs and streets that are really driving forward. The locals are really, you know, if someone was moving to the area, where would the locals recommend their family to move into? Um, you know, trying to find those spots that, that has that appeal and then putting into that market what people are demanding and not trying to, you know, do a renovation for a renovation's sake or a subdivision for a subdivision's sake. It's literally just renovating to the standard that will appeal to the widest demographic of tenants and that will allow you to charge obviously the most rent but then also increase the rents at or above the, the suburb average. So that's that for me was probably the aha moment is just going with the grain and not trying to fight it. So inspired by Jacob Field's story, We'll keep the conversation going in a future episode where we discuss his strategy for successful property investment. My strategy revolves around negotiating very hard on property and purchasing under market on entry. Details on how Jan Summers' book, More Wealth from Residential Property Investment, influenced him. It breaks things down. It helps you understand how to use other people's money to move from one property into the next and structure your portfolio. His plans for the next five years... I think looking, this is going to be a very interesting five years, um, to put it bluntly. I feel uh, we'll be looking back at, at where we are now and property might be a different space. And that's next time in a future episode of Property Investory. Also, are you looking at buying property in 2018? Would you like expert tips and advice on the best ways you can purchase property? Whether you're a new or experienced investor, learn from the experts by downloading the Property Investment Buying Handbook. It contains the best tips and advice from 37 of Australia's leading property experts. Simply visit propertyinveststory.com and subscribe to get your copy right now. Thanks for listening.